welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us another special guest, Aaron Zucker, principal at Zucker Investment Group. Aaron, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you? Absolute pleasure. Doing great. Thank you for coming on. You know, I'm just the host. I just feel so fortunate because we have incredible guests, and you are no exception. So, hey, we've got 18 minutes. We love to jam-pack these things with as much value as we can for our viewers. So, before we get into what you do, I want you to tell people who you are. So, who is Aaron Zucker? Uh, I'm a maniac out of Charlotte, North Carolina. (laughs) That uh, that was crazy enough to leave a a great job a few years ago with a family office down in South Florida and relocate back up here to be closer to family. Uh, and started buying value-add retail properties across the eastern half of the country. And fortunately, we haven't gone out of business yet, so it's been fun. Awesome. Okay, great. So so tell us a little bit more about what you do and and how you got into the business. Tell us your story, if you will. Yeah, sure. So I started, I got into the business in a weird way, just like a lot of people do. I actually owned a bar with some friends in college. So my junior year at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, I had to throw that out there. Some friends and I scraped together money from friends, family. We stole it, begged, borrowed, whatever we needed to do. Actually got seller financing from an owner-operator of a local bar there. It's exactly what you think it is. We were We had no idea what we were doing and we were just figuring it out by letting our underage friends and, and uh, come in and, and buy drinks. And we were learning along the way. So uh, I tell that story because I was walking our rent check over to our landlord's office, who was just a few parcels down one time. And I noticed his office hours were like nine to one Monday through Thursday off on Fridays. And I came back to the bar after the middle of the day after dropping the check off, we were like cleaning up, getting ready for the next night. And I'm like, guys, what's the deal with our landlord? Like, how, how, do, how do they work, you know, 15 hours a week or whatever it is? And they're like, oh, that guy, he's on the golf course all the time. Like, How's he on the golf course? Doesn't he work? And they go, Zuck. Or, you know, my friends called me Zuck. They're like, Zuck, he has 400 properties. He get, wow. he just gets the check from, from, from idiots like us who pay him rent. I'm thinking, man, I'm working hard. I'm staying up late bartending and going to, you know, I'm having to go to sorority houses and drop flyers off and, you know, get girls to try to show up to the bar. So the guys will come too. I'm being facetious. Obviously the work wasn't that difficult. It it was hard (laughs) at times, but I was thinking to myself, I had an epiphany, you know, I I think I'd prefer to be the landlord rather than the tenant. And so shortly after school, uh, I was fortunate enough to end up in Atlanta and a family friend there took me in as uh, as a roommate. He owned a, a, a beautiful two bedroom condo in the middle of Buckhead, and I was you know just moving in. I was like interning, doing different things. I actually was interning at a sports agency at the time, and because uh, I was between undergrad and grad school, and I was like, and he looked. This guy was five six years older than me, so he's like 26, 27 at the time, living in this beautiful condo in downtown Buckhead, which is like the area of Atlanta for young professionals. It's beautiful. You know, high cost of living. And I went to him one day and I'm like, what do you do, man? Like, how do you, you know, basically insinuating like, how the hell do you afford this place? And he's like, you see these shopping centers around here? And I was like, yeah. He goes, Mike, the company I work for owns them and I lease the spaces up and they pay me a commission to do that. And that's how I live here. Uh, and so thank God for Stuart Miller, uh, who 
who helped get me into the business, he, he, he was like, you should, you'd be good at it. I think you should give it a shot. And so he made some introductions for me in Atlanta and I got a job with DLC management out of school in leasing. So started my career in leasing. I, and, and never did anything else until I went out on my own. Now I, now I, you know, I've been the, the property manager, the owner, the, the, the janitor, whatever it takes around here, but uh, at Zig, but in the interim, I, uh, was only in leasing from my original career as it got started through Stewart's introduction. And so I was with DLC and then I moved to Charlotte to be back home and closer to family with Phillips Edison and company had a great run there uh, and got really lucky yet again uh, when Peb Enterprises, the aforementioned family office that took a flyer on me, allowed me to kind of be a bigger fish in a small pond and run the leasing platform there for a couple million feet across the Eastern half of the country. They were in 12 States and they gave me, an unbelievable education and I was exposed to things that not just within leasing, hiring, firing, uh, refinancing, whether or not we should buy, sell, et cetera. And, uh, that gave me the education and that I needed in order to know enough to be dangerous to go on my own, which I did in 2018 and started Zig. So that's my story. I'm sticking. Very nice. Yeah. I love it. That's a great story. You know, I I think that a lot of investors have that aha moment, that epiphany, as you described, and and I think it's great for our viewers to understand that you know there are those moments in life where something happens and you just realize that you need to make a paradigm shift, and that paradigm shift has such a an impactful change on the trajectory of your life. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us, and that's a really a really great story for people to be able to relate to. So you know, I think what's really important, Aaron is that I'd like to know what's behind what you're doing, so to speak. What is your why? What's it been historically, Aaron? And and, and if it's going to change or if you know what it's going to be, what do you see it becoming in the future? Yeah, so so people are always – I look young, right? Like I get carded when I go to the grocery store <laughs> still and the movie theater back when those were open. And people are – you know, so people are oftentimes thrown off when they find out that – I don't – you know, I'm not trying to sound uh, arrogant, or, but when they find out I, I own two companies between my franchising business with, with my partner on the American Family Care side, we're, we're urgent care operators in addition to having Zig and people are like, man, you, you must have, they really, they say, wow, you're super ambitious, which I know in the, they're subconsciously saying you're nuts. But in between that and then starting the bar with my friends in college, you know, not, not a lot of people do that. A lot of people talk about doing it, not a lot do it. For me, that all stems from my grandparents. They're Holocaust survivors. Sure. So, so what they went through was, I, I, I fortunately hope to never go through that. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. I didn't get much of the story. They didn't like talking about it. My my dad would tell me about it. My my grandparents. I had a relationship with them before they passed. They did survive, and you know, my grandfather was like five foot four, and all of his sons turned out to be between five, 10 and six feet because he was in concentration camp and was malnourished and didn't grow properly. And my, he met my grandmother there. It's a crazy story. And so my whole thinking is my grandparents went through that to provide, to, to create, to, to survive. And then what they did was create an incredible uh, experience, incredible family with my dad, who's one of five. And so my dad was, you know, took advantage of his opportunities and figured out a way to, to make it on his own as, as in medicine. And then he immigrated to the States so he could create a better life. And so for me to not, to have a door that was wide open for me when I shouldn't even be here at all, like I shouldn't exist, right? Like I shouldn't, I like, like I shouldn't even exist. So for me not to run through any cracked doors and try to make the most of 
the one life that we have, like that's my why. Like, my grandparents didn't survive the Holocaust and thus my dad worked hard to provide a decent life for my sister and I, for me to like kind of just hang out and hope that things work out aside from the fact that we all have bills to pay. Like, like, like I wanted, I, I was like, go big or go home. Cause you only get to do this once and I didn't be here to begin with. So that's my why. And what about moving forward? What about in the future? Yeah. So I obviously can't fix what happened to my grandparents and I obviously want to build something incredible, but who cares if you do it only for yourself? So, and I, I think, you know, you can only live off based on your personal experiences or that of your families. And so as you asked before with my previous why, with my grandparents and subsequently my dad and his family, you know, for me, like I didn't own the company at PEB and I got the education of a lifetime. I was well compensated. They were great to me. I'm forever grateful to the Wiener family for the opportunity they provided me. They ultimately, and what, where the rubber met the road between myself and them is I had an ambition to own properties and they wanted to keep it within their family. And I totally respect that. They did just fine without me for the first 40 years of existence. So I wasn't naive enough to think that they couldn't do it without me moving forward. Um, so, so for me, you know, not everybody, uh, has that when they come into the business, you know, most people are employees. So for me, moving forward, anybody that either comes to Zig or works with Zig, you know, I'm all about brokers, friends, you know, attorneys, contractors, you know, as long as there's no conflict of interest, if you want to create wealth through investing in commercial real estate and we we're friends, we have a good relationship. I want to provide that platform for people and help them create wealth. And we're even rolling out a, a program now where we're partnering up with franchisees and uh, doing so where the franchisees who may be emerging, right? They've got maybe a handful of locations. They're not a massive conglomerate that has the bandwidth to take down and purchase all the sites, but they also understand that the developers that are doing those deals uh, that, you know, they want in on the upside. And so we're, we're, you know, working with franchisees right now to partner with them on the real estate as opposed to, having an arm's length transaction. So uh, really just wanting to provide opportunities for people that are in my network to own commercial real estate with us. And, you know, there's more equity than there is deals out there right now. <clears throat> Dan, help me out here. Uh, let's get some <laughs> deals done. Uh, and, and we're excited to grow. We're looking to double the size of the portfolio this year and, and keep on going. We just brought in a great acquisitions guy, Dan Sanfilippo. And uh, and a guy uh, who I used to work with at PEB, actually, up from Florida, a guy named Jake Dugan, who will be running point on our leasing and, and sourcing acquisitions as well. So we're, we're doing anything and everything we can and would love to see more and so and, and have and have a good time with my friends in the business along the way doing it. That's sort of the, the why for the future, if you will. That's great. Well, hey, first of all, I want to say that I can only bring the property to market. We had eight offers on that deal. You came in strong. I wish we could have worked I mean, together on know, that. that was, that was <laughs> that was a generic comment, meaning let's get some more done. Not this, I get that they don't all work. We only need to go one for a hundred. If I go, go one for a hundred with everybody that I talk to, then uh, then we've probably bought. I don't know. I don't know how many deals we've bought, but we talked to a lot of people. So yeah, uh, no, I get it, man. The market's insane right now, which is why we're throwing even more resources to to find the right and great deals. Yeah, but listen, backing it up a little bit, I, I, thank you again for sharing that story. You know, I, I can actually relate very strongly to it. My grandparents also are, are survivors. Um, in fact, I'm going to be having dinner tomorrow with my grandmother, who's, gosh, she's got to be like 97. She's a survivor. But, you know, I, I think exactly the same way that you did. You know, my parents came over here from 
refugee camps and they came over here with literally nothing, right? And then it's it's almost like they did so much just to hand over something to our generation, right? And and saying, "Hey Aaron, hey Dan, we got you here. Now go run with it." And I think that you know, I often sit back as well and, and kind of, you know, contemplate that and, and just to thinking about the incredible opportunity that I have and now the opportunity I have to, to give back to other people and to help my children and to build something for the future. And I think that when you come from the background, that similar background that you and I have, you really have a sense of appreciation because it's not like, you know, we were just like the average everyday family that was, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and making it and now we have to make it as well. We literally are coming from a place of, of utter destruction and rising up from the ashes to build something. And we have an opportunity, right? This was given to us by our parents and grandparents. It's really something that shouldn't be taken lightly. So thanks for bringing that up, Aaron. I appreciate it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that was the case for you as well. It's amazing that you still have your grandmother in your life. You know, it's funny you said, I think she's 97. I'm sure she, I'm, 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 and just to, for your listeners so they know, they, she probably doesn't know her actual age. I'm sure her papers are long gone. It's actually funny you say she she doesn't. It's funny that you say that because there was – that's exactly right. When they wanted to come over to this country, they wanted to make, in many cases, people a lot younger. In fact, my grandfather was born in 1904, but his papers were also forged in order to try to make make him look younger. It's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, didn't realize that we had that in common, but uh, I'm really – I'm appreciative of you opening up. I don't want to have it in common people but when you do there's obviously an instant connection it's yeah absolutely so look we'll talk more about it i'm sure i i just i have kind of i want to get back to to what you're doing in zig and it's hard because this is such an interesting thing to connect on um but i want to understand a little bit more in terms of historically what has zig worked on what has your company um zucker investment group worked on and what are your plans for the future growth in, in terms of you know maybe things that the commercial real estate community is not aware of sure so we buy value-add retail properties where leasing is the application to making money across the eastern half of the country. We play really well in the secondary and even tertiary markets. We'd rather have a great site in an okay market than an okay site in a great market, sure. if that makes sense. Yeah. And we, can, we just understand the fundamentals a lot faster. We're more inclined to buy a deal and the suburbs of Detroit than we are in a high street deal 20 minutes from the office in uptown Charlotte here because the complexities of urban markets are very difficult for us. And we're not naive to think that we can just helicopter in at a left field and just take down these deals. And all of a sudden, every other good investor and developer in that local market couldn't figure it out, but we can. Like mm-hmm. that, that sort of doesn't add up well for me. So, but when there's a Walmart on one side of the street and a Target and it's a lighted intersection and we have relation, already have existing relationships with all the top leasing brokers in those markets, which we're forever grateful for those relationships and are so fortunate to have them. You know, we can we can call up and say, "Hey, so and so, tenants paying 120 grand here on the lease. You know, what what do you think? What's market? If they're like buy the deal right now, market's 180 or 200 grand, or hey, uh, if they leave, you can maybe get 65. Like that." that having that information is invaluable. And sure. so we really strive for below market rent deals. As far as future growth goes, I kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit with the, with the franchisee uh, partnerships that we're, we're trying to, to forge right now. And it's something that we're really excited to roll out that coupled with, you know, we're, we're looking for, we, we've got a reputation to be focused a lot on single tenant net lease deals. We own a lot of them and 
relative to our to our small portfolio. That is not by design. We like them. In fact, we love them. We'll always have and will continue to do them. But we also buy multi-tenant deals as, as long as the fundamentals fit what we're looking for, which is value-add retail that's relatively small in nature with a with an opportunity to create value via leasing. We're interested, and so we're we're like I've said before, we brought in Dan and Jake, uh, our, our our Dan, uh, yeah. not to confuse the audience. Uh, to, to help procure and source deals and couldn't be more excited to, to see what we can come up with and, and hopefully continue to transact and, and kind of have a domino effect here for us moving forward. That's awesome. Well, hey, we've got about a minute left there, and this has been a lot of fun. I've really appreciated having you on. As someone who's gone from tenant to landlord, what advice or pieces of advice do you have for our viewers? Not only have I gone from tenant to landlord, I'm now simultaneously a landlord and a tenant with the AFC business. There you go. So, but so I've never done really tenant representation. I've only been an operator. Um, so I, I don't know if my perspective helps. I mean, I guess you know I, what I would say is to the developers out there, or even the leasing people, or or, or or even investment sales folks that are solely whose core business is just real estate. Like when people are blaming operations on why a site may not work or what have you. You got to assuming that it's a real brand and a, and a reputable company that you're really trying to get on board. Like, you got to understand that, that you know a lot happens after that lease is signed and the stores open and uh, and and operations if they have reasons for a business not being able to perform. Like, hey, we can't find any good help right now. You got to take that for what it's worth. It's real. Uh, that said, people run businesses, and uh, and as long as as long as the right people are in the operations side, then it should work out. Uh, for the best. So that, that would be my uh, kind of random advice for people on the real estate side of the table. Awesome. Well, hey, Aaron, really appreciate it. That music is coming on, which means it's time for us to wrap up. But hey, Aaron Zucker, principal at Zig, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, Dan, appreciate you having me. Looking forward to working more with you in the future. It's been great. Absolutely. Well, hey, I'm Dan Lukowitz, your host of Dan on Top. This has been another great episode, and we will certainly see you soon.